Hi everyone, welcome to Something to Rant About with Uju Crescentia. Um, moving on, I've come to realize that some people actually think God hates them. And it's not because they actually want to say things like this or it's how they feel. Some people, after saying these words, they go back and they just start crying like, I didn't mean to say it. Meanwhile, some people, they've already made up their mind like, this is it. God doesn't like me. He likes every other person. And this comes with when you're comparing yourself with other people or when things doesn't go your way. Now, a phase whereby you feel God doesn't love you is that phase when there is, um, when you, like I said before, are supposed to just pause and listen or at that stage where you're not supposed to take some certain action but due to the fact that other people are doing some certain things and you want to try do it by fire by or by force and at the end of the day you force yourself into doing it instead of waiting patiently to hear god's voice or to see the next push god has for you you now force yourself and just run into doing things that naturally you don't want to do and at the end of the day it doesn't go well remember i said before like if you don't do things well you just go back to square one so at the end of the day after going back to square one you now start thinking god hates you let me use an example imagine god gave you a job and that job maybe you're supposed to work somewhere that you don't actually want to work and that is where god has actually given you like in a location the job might be good but maybe the location is not where you want but there's a reason why god gave you that place and maybe you're not looking at it that way because because we humans we are all self-centered in in a certain kind of way so he gives you a particular work at a particular place and because you don't like the place you actually refuse that job you go through all means knowing so well that it's going to be quite difficult to get another job you now go through every other means and every other hard route just to get a new job in a location you like finally you get that job and you think you've won over god which is a big fat lie you can never win over god and god is just in one corner laughing so finally you now resume that work now you already resume it you've already bought your new things and you're already happy that oh yes so so after everything you find out that is either when it comes to payments they're not they are just passing you by they're not paying you or it just god just finds a way to let you know that this is not his plan for you he just finds every way and that person you not looking at the other side that why is this thing happening to me okay how did i get this job in the first place what job did i even get before where was i working before are you sure it's not god's plan for me not looking at the bigger picture you start crying god you are forsaking me what kind of job is this they are not paying me i'm doing the highest work this and this and this that and that and that and you keep complaining like god and god is watching you he's saying you don't hear my voice that is actually the reason why you're thinking that i've abandoned you because if only you hear god's um voice you would have known that the first job was the perfect job that will take you to wherever he has in plan for you funny enough some people think that whatever they like to do is actually different from god's plan and that is a big fat lie some of you you are happy you're happy as a musician you're happy as an artist whatever you're doing you're happy with it but you're still like ah, i don't know what god's god tomorrow now god might tell me to do that one yeah. the thing is that might be god's plan for you already for you to like it there's this thing i always say in my prayer i say god put in me what is your desire for me and take away from me what is not your desire for me because lord you know me that whatever is in my heart is what i always go for 
So please, Lord, all I'm begging you is just to do this one thing for me. And that is it. That's what I always say to God. And I feel you cannot like something so much and at the end of the day still be confused that it's not what God wants for you. As long as you like that thing, that is what God wants for you. But the reason why you feel it's not going accordingly the way you want it to go is because you think you are forward, you think you are faster than God, or you think God doesn't even know what he's doing. And also the fact that you don't even believe that that is his plan for you. So therefore you are still searching, you're now confused. Tomorrow somebody can say something on TV and you say, ah, it's true, this is it, let me try this one. Or tomorrow you might just say, ah, money is coming from this business, you know what, I'm going into that business. And you enter and you fumble and say, God, you are forsaking me. We find out that every problem we've always had, everything we've always had, you can link it channel it back to ourselves because we are the one who is actually not impatient not listening to god putting god at the back of our minds not even thinking about him some people will say ah i know why this thing is doing you prayer you are not prayerful you're not prayerful it's another thing to be prayerful and it's another thing to actually hear god's voice Hearing God's voice, like, no matter, some people pray from, the pray from January to December. But actually, God is actually speaking to them, but they don't believe. They don't know that that is God speaking to them. They don't believe. They are waiting for, I don't know what they are waiting for, Sha. They are waiting for whatever it is to come and talk to them before they were here. So there's one thing about praying. People will tell you, go and pray. Me, what I always advise people is, because God has already given us a hint. He has already given us a hint. He told us that our God is our conscience. Sometimes we actually know the truth to things, but because that voice in our heart is very tiny, you now think that, okay, that voice is the kind of voice that you have to just bullshit. But once you look deep into your heart, you find out that you can hear that voice and that voice is God's voice. Whatever he says, move on, my child, move on, go, keep doing it, just keep doing it. But some people, they don't actually, in fact, you use your, you say things, yeah, you, you already have your own decision. So um, whenever you want to make a decision, you already use the one you have as God's voice when it is not. You yourself, you know. Choosing a spouse, choosing a life partner, your conscience is telling you this thing, this thing you are doing is wrong. This thing you are doing is wrong. Amaka, this thing you are going into is wrong. And you're like, no, Jory, wait to consign me. This is what I want to, ah, you might have money. This is God's plan for me. He has money. He has house. He has car. He has that. He has that. This is God's plan for me. At the end of the day, you have already quote God. You've already said what God did not say to you. So that is one thing about trying to be in a hurry, like overshadowing God's voice. I understand that everybody says it's the work of the devil. The devil does this one. Satan does that one. And at the end of the day, you find out that the devil sometimes is innocent. I'm not saying the devil is a bad man. He's a very, very bad man. Like what I'm saying is, do you know the only thing Satan is interested in? Satan is interested in you going to hellfire so by the time you now start blaming satan for things like someone tells you ah you are not married ah this is work of the devil or you you now start feeling ah i'm not married this is work of the devil what's consigned what now consigned satan and marriage but if you're not getting married can lead you to sin Yes, that's when you can now see Satan inside. He will not be struggling, trying to know his best. But the fact that ordinary just not getting married and you blame it for Satan, his, that is not his aim. That is not his motive. His motive is to lead you to hellfire. There are some people that they are fine. They are married. Like, their family is working well. But still, they go through lots of sins and all of that. So you're complaining that you're not married and it's the work of the devil. Do you know that if devil has the chance, he will allow you to even get married so that you will commit sin? You will commit the sin and be with him there in hellfire. 
So I used to watch all these people say little things, they'll say work of the devil. I want everybody to really, really understand that Satan is not all about you. He don't care about you. Like he don't give, he doesn't even give two shits about anybody. The only thing he cares about is what will I do that will make this person disappoint God? What will I do that will make this person enter hellfire? What would I do that will make this person join me? What will I do that will make me to laugh at this person or to make people, um, to make this person say things like God hates me? You know, sometimes when you make a mistake and you say words like God hates you and all of that, at the end of the day, don't feel like you've disappointed God forever, like God is never going to forgive you when you finally come to your senses and you understand that you just said that out of how you felt at that moment. Don't you ever feel that God is not going to forgive you or you've disappointed God for life or Satan has already laughed and blah and blah. You can as well put Satan, the devil, to shame. How you can do this is you can just go and pray to God and apologize from the depth of your heart. Like you don't even have to, you don't have to kick out to apologize. Just be sure about it from the depth of your heart. Apologize to God, like cry and apologize. So you really mean it when you're praying to him. And as soon as you're done with that prayer, you will feel relieved. Once you feel like your prayer has been answered, you feel like someone heard you, God heard you. You are good to go. Don't you ever, for any reason, look back and say, um, I know God has forgiven me, but he will always remember that I said he hates me. God will never remember that you once said he hated you because you've already asked for forgiveness and you meant it. So the, more, the, the reason why you think God will forever remember that you said you hated him was because the devil keeps putting it in you. And, the, and while Satan keeps putting this thing in you, it's so that he can keep laughing at God and say, look at the person that says she believes in you look at the daughter you had faith in look at the son you had faith in sometimes people are actually scared of um, asking God for things or because of a thing they've done in the past or because of an action they've taken before um, probably they asked God for forgiveness but they feel he might have forgiven them but he's still he's still thinking about whatever sin we committed so somehow this starts to make us um, drift far apart from God we start to prevent some certain things or some of us are too shy to open up in prayer some of us are too shy to tell God actually how we feel or whatever we're going through and this is just something um, the devil has planted. This is something the devil wants. He wants you to think God has forgiven you, but he's still thinking about it. He wants you to think you're too shy or God is not um, you, God is not supposed to hear some certain things you have to say. But God is supposed to hear everything. There is nothing you can't tell God. And once God has forgiven you, he has forg- forgiven you and forgotten about that sin. So just move on with your life and just keep going on with your life and forget about it. People say all, a lot of things about um, forgiveness and all of that. Once you go to God and ask him for forgiveness, he forgives you instantly. He forgives you automatically and he never remembers it he never holds it against you as long as you are sorry from the depth of your heart he never ever holds it against you but some people fail to understand this and this is actually the work of the devil because Satan wants you to keep on thinking that God cannot forgive you that even if he, you pray to him you're putting more costs upon yourself meanwhile it's a lie it's a big fat lie except you know some people do you know do you know that it has now gotten to the stage that 
when because you're already scared of going back to god and pray tomorrow when that temptation comes or when that sin comes again you won't be scared of committing it because you feel you've already started you just finished it after all you can't even turn back you can't even turn to god at that moment of your life so you just keep taking it as normal thing and others when they when somehow they are reminded by something regarding to god they just don't want to listen to it they just want to go far away from it because they have conscience and it's that conscience that is still calling them if god wasn't actually going to forgive you so why is your conscience still disturbing you that you should go back to him that's one thing i'm still trying to understand from all these people running away from god so by the time someone is saying something about god repentance go to church and da 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 and da they don't want to stay close they don't want to hear anything about it because they are going to feel bad they're actually going to feel bad so they try avoiding such people they try avoiding such news they try avoiding as much as possible whenever someone tries to bring up the conversation they just somehow they change the topic or they just go out or something because their conscience is going to disturb them if actually you feel you're comfortable with whatever you're doing you don't believe in god and all of that you don't even care again then if someone is talking about God or whatever, just sit and listen. Why not listen? Because you're scared that your conscience, you're going to start feeling sad and you want to run back to God and maybe you might be placing curse upon yourself or maybe God might not answer you. Or some people actually, maybe they are not ready. Another reason why people actually feel really, really sad after asking God for something and they feel he doesn't answer them and they start blaming him or they start shouting at god and saying it's your fault that why am i being so disappointed even after serving you you said in your word you're going to provide for all your children you're going to provide for all those who serve you they are never going to lack anything they start saying lots of things and just crying and feeling sad and feeling bad so the reason why some people feel that way is because they actually serve god because of they want to gain something in return they serve god for because of what he can give them that they want something in return and that is how humans are like i said before humans are selfish they always want things because of what they can gain from it telling people about god and what you can gain from god okay if you serve god you'll gain eternal life if you serve god you'll go to heaven they want the eternal life now like okay eternal life doesn't mean i will not die then you keep explaining to them okay no you're going to die you but as in when you die you go to heaven uh, do you want to go to your fire don't be like, I beg, I beg, I beg. when that time come when that river come we'll cross it and they just don't want to hear about it for now because it's a long time something some of them don't even don't even know when they are going to die, but they don't even want to think about it now. They only think about you only live once, like let them live their life to the highest. So I, I, I actually asked a question one day, like why do you really serve God? Is it because you go to church and they say, mm, if you serve God, you will never lack. You do not, God does not fail. God does this work. God will give you double. If you keep serving him without relenting, you have this one, you have this one, you have abundance of this, you have abundance of that. And that is what they preach in churches these days. So people serve God because of all these things. And that's what they even actually use in attracting members to church these days because of what people can actually gain. When you already have this kind of perception that, um, that you're going to church because they said that if you serve God, you will have wealth. If you serve God, you will have good life. If you serve God, you will not die suddenly. If you serve God, you will do this one. Then, the day that 
God does not give you those things. You think that God does not know what he's doing. Hmm? He did not now give you something you've asked for. Maybe he did not give you that job you want. Or maybe he did not give you that visa you want. Or he did not give you one thing or the other that is very important to you that you want. You will now go back and say, why am I even serving God? And this is the reason why many people stop serving God. Because the reason why they even started serving God before at first place doesn't even make sense. It's not true. It's false. God is not all about material things he can give to you. He's all about you winning, winning your soul to heaven. That is what God is all about. Maybe your, your, maybe your sibling or your whatever is sick and the person just um, somehow passes away. You start going back to God. God, you told me you'll give me eternal life. God, you said you'll do this, you'll do that. That means you did not serve God with the motive of God. I'm serving you because I want to impact life in a positive way. I want to draw more people to you. And I'm serving you because I want at the end of the day, when the time comes, I should join you in heaven. I know we are all humans, fine and good. If somebody, if some, someone's relative dies and you've been crying, God help this person. You keep praying, you keep fasting, you keep doing everything, going for vigil and all of that. And the person finally dies. I understand that we are all humans. You feel sad. But the sadness should not grow past that limit. The sadness should not grow to the extent you now start saying you're not going to serve God again. God has disappointed you or you're, you're now keeping malice with God. It's so funny that people actually do that. Say, God, I'll be when I needed you. No, I beg you, leave that God, Jare. You are the one, God, you are the one that need me more than I need you. They start keeping malice with God and God will just be watching them. Like you've forgotten your purpose. You've forgotten everything I wrote on the Bible. The only thing you can remember is all the things I promised you. Why can't you remember the ones that you are supposed to do for me? I sent my only son to come and die for you so that you will now come and start keeping malice with me or what? It's funny though. It's quite funny. It's quite funny that despite all the sacrifices, all we see is if God doesn't give us what we want instantly. So, of course, God will even still give you, but it's just a matter of time. You have to wait. You have to chill. It's just a matter of time. But you, because you're so much in a hurry, God, you feel God is not God. Do this thing now, 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 now. And if God does not do, you know what, God, I'm done serving you. Or, God, because of this thing, you do not answer me. All through this month, I'm not going to go to church. Or all through this year, I'm not going to church. And the more you need something from God, that's the more he drifts it apart. Do you know why I say this? I'm not saying that God, God does not give people what they ask for. I'm saying this because he actually wants to test you. Why are you following me? That's this question. Why are you with me? I want to, I want to digress a bit here because I just something just came into my mind now. When people pray, they actually pray for... Um, for the sake of, if you, some, some people do, you, if, you, if you don't pray now, it's a sin. You have to always pray and talk to God. But that's not actually the basic all the time. I can be driving now and I just remember, oh, I didn't, make, I didn't say my prayer. I can be praying and be driving. Like it just depends, it all depends on me, how I feel. Though I grew up with the mentality that you, for, you have to show respect to God no matter what. Just you must, wherever you are, if you are going late for work, stop that work. Just come back inside your house, kneel down and pray. But I came to realize that I, so for some time I was doing that and it wasn't working. It wasn't working in the sense that I would always be, whenever I'm praying, my mind just deviates to something else or I'm being distracted or I'm just trying to be in a hurry. So I said, why not just pray in your comfort zone? Like if you're driving, you can see your prayer in the car if you're walking you can see your prayer at work just a brief prayer between you and god 
You don't have to kneel down, tie scarf and just, I don't know, and look for a quiet place. You can do it anytime you're comfortable with. Most important thing is God wants to be sure that you remember him every day of your life. There was a time, I want to tell you guys a story. It's not a story though, it's what actually happened to me. So there's a time uh, my school went on strike and it was just a couple of days strike. So I decided to go to my my cousin's place at um, Onicha. So I went to Onicha. It was quite close and I didn't want to start coming all the way to Lagos because it was the strike was not going to last that long. We were sure it wasn't going to last that long. And um, I just needed somewhere I could just chill for a, for a while and just eat and all of that. So I went to Onicha. So going to Onicha, I thought everything was going to be easy for me. Like I was just sleep, wake up, eat and do whatever I want to do. I didn't know that they had their own routine. I'm not condemning anybody's routine. I'm not condemning anything about anybody. I respect everybody's choice. So I went there. It was a very, it was beautiful. Though the houses were built like very, very close together, which made the whole place hot. Like my kitchen can be facing someone's veranda and my veranda can be facing someone's toilet. It was just too close together. Like I can just stretch my hand and put my hand inside someone's window. (laughs) It was so close. But I won't condemn though because I think little Italy is that way. Everything is jam-packed. So everybody has their architectural whatever. So I actually went there and um the first day I went was was it on a Sunday? I think it was a Sunday. So the complaint I didn't go to church, da 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 and we passed that. They asked me to just eat, take my badge, and then go for Christ the King procession. For those non-Catholics listening to this, Christ the King is a procession that um, Catholics do to remember that um, God is the King, Christ is the King. The Catholics do this like every once, once in every year. So when I came, I happened to fall on that the day that they were supposed to go for the procession. And it's something I really like because you have to go around the whole area dancing, singing, and letting the whole world know that God is King and Christ is King. They forced me to go. Not only did I go for this Christ the King, I went for the Christ the King. And they gave me my little nephew to carry. And this boy is too stubborn. I was just, I was like, God, which kind of life is this? So we finally danced the whole thing and sang and sang. So it was fun though. Then we got a particular point and we stopped and we prayed and then everybody went back home. I was so happy that I thought that was it. And then the next morning, um, I had a bell in the morning around um, four. I was like, what's this bell for? Is there a school close by? Then I discovered that that bell was coming from inside the house. They were ringing it. Bagang, bagang, bagang. Tite nura. Jesus na pagi. Tite. I said, what? Tite who? Me? <laughs> The meaning of the meaning of the song is wake up from your sleep. God is calling you. Wake up. I said, wait, let me let me tite, let me wake up and see what's going on. So I woke up and I was like, am I still here? I should come for morning devotion. I should come for morning prayer. Okay, morning prayer is a normal thing. Let me go for the morning prayer. So I said, but this one they are waking us up around four. Okay, let me just do it. So I went to kneel down and I. And they were praying and praying. The prayer started with the rosary. They said all the prayers and the rosary. They said all the prayers of the Lord, of Mary, our mother, of Joseph, the father, of every saint, of everybody. They said all the prayers. All the prayers. I was about sleeping in between, but 
they, they, they like I had to respond, so I had to just be at a lot two four seven. I wasn't able to sleep after the pre- after the whole prayer of the rosary and all of that. They now started the real prayer. After they said the real prayer, then dismissed. I was so happy. I went back to my bed to continue my sleep. Before I knew it, they were like, "Why am I going back to sleep? Like, what am I doing? Like, girl, wake up, girl." I said, "What's up? I've already prayed now. Are they doing second prayer?" We are going for morning mass. I said, what? <laughs> morning what? Well, we already prayed. Why are we going for morning mass? He said, that's it. That's just the way it is. If you don't go for morning mass, it's a sin. It's a sin before God and man. I said, okay. Let's, let me try. Now I understand why they woke me up by four. So the kids, my um, nephews and the rest, they were going to school. They already took their baths and all of that. They wore their uniform. And... I just, I didn't even, I wasn't able to take my bath because they were like, are we already late? So I just wore my clothes and brushed my teeth. And then I went to the morning mass. The morning mass, my cousin was in choir. They were all in different societies. My, my nephews with their school uniform, they came for the morning mass. And I'm like, is this how you guys do it every day here? They said, yes. They even go for evening mass. Wow. This is good. This is good. <laughs> because I didn't know what else to say. So after the whole thing, it took time, it took a while, but late, finally anyway, we got home and that was how it was every day, every day. I was so exhausted, but I could not complain every day. And I found out that this was just a routine. It doesn't affect our attitude. So why are we now stressing ourselves? Why are we forcing ourselves? God has already seen what they have in mind. So why are you stressing yourself again? There's no point. So on the Sunday, I think I stayed there for about a week or so. So on the Sunday, I was supposed to go to church. And um, I wore my clothes and everything to go to church. And first of all, they asked me, is this what I'm wearing? I said, yes. Is there anything wrong with my dress? They said, no, no, no. They're just asking. They're just asking. Then finally, we got to church. And the security man at the church didn't let me in. Now I understood why my cousin was asking me if that was what I was wearing. I said, sir, allow me to pass. I'm going to church. I've gone late. The man was speaking Igbo. And me, I'm not so fluent, so I was trying my best. He refused to let me in. He re- totally refused, like up front. He told me to my face that I can't go in. I said, to serve my own God. He said, if I knew I wanted to serve God, why did I put on what I'm putting on? Now, guys, let me explain what I was putting on. I was putting on a black gown. This black gown, is, I don't think it's below my knee. Like, it's long. And it's a flay gown. It's not even fitted. It's a flay gown. I had to even use belts to make it a bit fitted. The only problem with this gown that they saw was that it was armless. So when he finally told me that my gown, my dress was armless, and that's why they're not going to let me in, I was wondering, like, what do I want to use to seduce people? Ampeats. I never knew that ampeats is a seductive part of the body. I never had an idea that ampeats used to turn people on. I had no idea at all. So when he said that, I just kept quiet because it was like they poured me an ice cold bucket of water. So I could not say anything because I could not fathom. I did not know what to say. It was just too 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 impossible so somehow my cousins were now begging that please you should let me in he refused my cousin had to forfeit one of her scarves because she brought two scarves god be the to god be the glory 
I had to use one to cover the, the, my shoulders. I went inside the church and the church went on and on and on. And it was all conducted in Igbo and all of that. I tried somehow, understood. And after church, I just went back home. I felt sad that day, like, so you will deprive me of serving God. Actually, what you wear to church is not supposed to be a biggie, except you wear the kind of thing you dress is actually, even for you yourself, you know what you wear is offensive. If it's not offensive, if it's harmless, then you are good to go. You are 100% good to go. It does not, it does not give anybody the right or the effrontery to deprive you from serving God. Two, it's not a must. It's not a by force thing to go to church. If your heart does not conform with it, but you're being forced, you've already committed the sin. So going to church is just like wasting your time. So that's a wrap for now, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for bringing out time to listen. Wherever you are, thank you so much. And I really love and appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And it's time to say bye-bye. So I'll come your way some other time. Bye, guys. And I love you. Mwah.